Episode 5, Hole Punchers. Good afternoon, fancy folk, and welcome to episode 5 of Fights of Fancy, the podcast in which we imagine fictional people beating the hell out of each other for your amusement. I'm your host, Grant Thackeray, and with me, as always, is my co-host... My name is Alex. I'm, I'm your co-host. I'm Alex. Alex, yep. over there. So we are broadcasting to you from our secret bunker underneath the Cinnabon at the PDX airport, because we were captured by the Cinnabon Corporation and forced under here to do this podcast week after to week. To make a very unprofitable podcast. Oh yeah, we have... <laughs> to no over, fans! We have over three listeners, Alex. And none of them like Cinnabon. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, last week our sponsor actually sent us some stuff. Uh, as you might remember, Alex, remember our, sponsor, yeah. our sponsor was the nation of Scotland. So we have a, a nice uh, bagpipe over there in the corner. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to play the bagpipe. Do you know how to play the bagpipe? Nope. I've been sitting on it. Oh, it's... that's what that noise was. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, is it comfy? Uh, nope. <laughs> there's a nice is bag it... part, but then there's all these pipes that kind of stick uh, out and jab and poke. Is it more comfortable than sitting in your box by yourself? You know, you have at least some cushion against the concrete floor. I get so lonely in there, Grant. <laughs> Cardboard only has so much personality. So you might notice, Alex, uh, most of my desk, which usually has my, my laptop for podcast recording, is, is covered by this, this uh, blue gingham tablecloth. <laughs> did you notice that right I, here? I did, I did. Because I, I, in I fact, hadn't pegged it down as gingham, precisely, but... Uh... I did notice that it was blue. I have a bit of a surprise for you that I've been working on all week. That's why I taped you into your box for those last four days. This time. Normally it's because I'm upset with you, but this time it's because I had a special surprise that I wanted to share with you. It did feel a little more gentle when you shoved me in face first to the box. As you you recall, several weeks ago, Radio Shack sent us a whole bunch of gizmos and gadgets. Mm -hmm. And so I was... I was a tinkering around with them, and I created this heat. Some sort of uh, by goodness. Some sort of robot. What is this so, that I behold before me? So basically, what I did, I was just messing around. I was, I was trying to make a death ray, but I I stuck a cartridge of uh, Echo the Dolphin, Defender of the Future, for the Sega Dreamcast. I was using that. Well, I I know, but I needed it for my death ray. You big so dumb. I put it, I put it into one of the slots of this uh, this uh, Hamilton Beach two slice classic classic chrome <laughs> toaster. So I put this cartridge in a toaster, and apparently that's the secret to creating artificial intelligence. So very simple. Yeah. So I um I decided I'd kind of rig up the rest of a robot around it. As you can see, this we got a we got a light bright here. That's kind of the face mm-hmm. part. Mm-hmm. Um, I I hooked it's up a speaking kissy lips. Well, it's not on yet, but it has. You can see the, capa- the I can capacity. See, I can see the pattern. 
Yeah, there's the little red nublets I've put in there in the shape of kissy lips. And then, of course, I've hooked up the speaking spell here for the, to simulate the voice. And uh, for the listeners, I'm, I'm just kind of describing this for the listeners because they obviously can't see it in front of them like you can. Uh, you know those, like, clacky robot arms that are kind of like you press the handle and it's an extension of your arm? It's like a red claw. Mm-hmm. I gave a couple of those for arms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the power source over there is out of the corner. Like a, a, a T-Rex head instead of a little robot yeah, clampers. It, yeah, two, two robot clampers and one T-Rex head on yeah, the back. I fun. saw that one. Uh, and then over in the corner, you see that giant, there's like 70D batteries over there. That's what that's what's powering it, so don't knock <laughs> just, those over. Just sitting over there in a pile. Yeah, they're kind of sad. doesn't seem very together, organized, but... <laughs> but... And I didn't have any wires, so I just used a bunch of nerds rope. Which, which the... yeah, I remember that. They sent us way too many of those. So I just kind of plugged it all together with nerds rope. Uh, so, yeah, I think I think we're going to try and turn it on. Let's just, um, let's just press button and see what happens. Well, you see, so, so here, this, this bop it, I hooked up. This is the control, <laughs> this control pad for, the, uh-huh. for this robot. Uh-huh. So let me just, uh, let me just uh, flick it here, and we'll get this thing uh, going. Hello, robot? Uh, hi. Hi. Is, is, is that Nerds Rope? Yeah, that is Nerds. Wow. This is an wow. observant robot I've built. No, I, uh, hello. I, uh, I, I, I'm a little in shock, honestly. I. Because of all the batteries? Well, yeah, yeah, quite a, quite a lot of the batteries. I, uh, this is the first time I've gained sentience, mm-hmm. so, um, yeah. I know I remember that. You know, but yeah, yeah right? Yeah, uh, yeah. When you gain sentience, you remember yeah, that, Alex? Yeah. You know. This is an important day for you. This is a big moment. Experience. I um, I'm a little confused about. Oh, is that a is that a boppet? Why mm. why is there a boppet? I mean, it's the only thing I could find that had buttons I could use to turn you on. Wh- which one did you use? Did you did you pull it? Did you? No, I, it? I, f- I flicked it. In fact. Flicked it. I'm not sure what the other controls do. Wow. All right. Well, um. Robot science is a lot more art than science. I was just kind of throwing stuff together. Sure. Yeah. No. I I appreciate um being <laughs> created. I suppose. But uh, being made. Yeah. Is uh, are we in a bunker? Is is that what's happening? Oh yeah. Yeah. So this is our secret underground uh Cinnabon bunker. Cinnabon. Wow. Um. It's I've a secret decided... because no one else wants to know about it. <laughs> right. And no one listens to this podcast. No. No. A podcast. Yes, so here's what we brought you to life for, guest bot. We run a podcast. This little red light over here on the desk, that tells me when it's time to make the podcast episodes. When that oh. comes on, uh, we we talk about fictional people fighting each other. Oh, wow. Uh, okay, sure. Great. So that's why I simulated you. That's great. I, I happen to have stores of knowledge about uh, fictional characters who may or may not be predisposed, uh, one might argue, to... Uh, uh, combat each other. Wow. Is that what a happy do? coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Alex. Don't put too much pressure on Guestbot right I, away, okay? I'm still I'm still being born, you know, yeah. and I'm in process. So. Understanding one's own self and sentience is a pretty hard uh, order to to handle. It's possible. So next step two, after you've gotten a grasp over your, your humanity and, and understood the, the meaning My of nerd the universe. Rope. Yeah. Step two, we'll see if you can make toast still. Okay. I'm, I'm in the hankering for some toast. Mm-hmm. Great. All right. That's uh, a higher right level that. order of intelligence. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I 
probably love toast. I don't know. Never had toast. <laughs> love toast. One can only assume. <laughs> well, guest bot, if you're ready to go, I think let's get started with the fight. Uh, yeah, no, dive right in. Uh, lead the way. All right. In this corner, weighing in at 135 pounds, hailing from the floating city of Columbia, the seed of the prophet, it's Elizabeth Comstock! Ooh. Do I, do I clap? Yeah. You can if you like. That's why we gave you those clapper, the, the little, the little robot. Yeah, the clapper hand. Five. Yeah, yeah that's great. <laughs> And in the other corner, weighing in at 142 pounds, hailing from Aperture Science Laboratories, it's test subject number 1498, Chell! Oh, alright, I see. I see what's going on. Yeah, so we got a couple of strong video game females here for our fight today, both trapped in various facilities or cities. And both with the power to rend holes in the fabric of space and time. Um, this is like a little bit of wish fulfillment for us. Yeah. Yes. Or we're just stuck also here. being trapped in a facility as mm-hmm. we are. Yeah, I uh, I guess I'm trapped too now. So this is, this is fun. yeah, welcome, Thank you guys. <laughs> welcome to our hell. Uh, so I, I should just preface the rest of the episode with a very big spoiler alert. We are going to be spoiling both the Portal video games and Bioshock Infinite and possibly the first two Bioshocks. And I recommend if you have not played those games, you should not listen to this episode at all because you deserve to... They're both fantastic games and you deserve to go through them fresh, not hearing all these spoilery things. So turn this off now. Go play some video games. Have a good time. Have your mind widened and then get back and we will... We will fill your ear holes with joy. Mm. Yikes. The video games are like the precursor to this podcast. Like, that's the warm-up, and then this is all the payoff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're basically prequels? Yeah. Spiritual predecessors. Really, at this point, I would say the only reason to play those games anymore is just to listen to this episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that's the only Go thing you've uh, retained, as far as I know. We're like, I don't know, five minutes in, but it's classic. Mm-hmm. And so for new listeners, and I suppose Guestbot here, who is just getting sent here, I should should explain the format of these battles that we have. They take place on the tarmac of the Portland PDX International Airport. And the way it works is we imagine that these two characters have just gotten gotten off of their home flights. They're tired, they're haggard, they just want to get home, but they see this other person across the the asphalt, and they, for, for whatever reason, immediately register them as a threat, and enter combat with each other. They will have on them anything they would have on them in their most iconic form, and if they have a personal vehicle, it's waiting for them in the parking lot. But they cannot call anyone else for help. It's just them by themselves, no super teams, no whatever. It's just them and the stuff they have on them that they were able to get through customs. All right, great. So naturally... So so the first question, I guess, that came up in my mind is do we think that Chell's portal gun has GLaDOS as a potato stuck on the end of it? Uh, you know, I think for the purposes of this debate, that might keep things, I mean, spicy, interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say Shmab, absolutely. 
Yeah. There is yeah. nothing yeah. spicier than a raw potato. You were absolutely right. right. Guess that, was, that was my thought. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, w- I'm well acquainted with uh, flavors. Whoa, Nelly. Yeah. Ooh, you're, treading you're, in some new territory there. Taste sensors. <laughs> my my taste sensors. Highly spicy. Descriptors might be confused, but uh, mm. no, I think uh, Glados's present presence is uh, valuable. Okay. Valuable and that will also give Chell a voice. Right. Should she need to, you know, because Chell is a mute protagonist. Fact. She is, and is that has that been established as to whether or not that's like volitional or she is mute? From some form of trauma or... In an alternate ending of Portal 2, they actually had Chell speak briefly, but test audiences said that they didn't really understand who was talking, so that's why they cut it out. Cool. Mm -hmm. Um, But that does imply that she does have the ability to talk, she just doesn't, because she doesn't want to, she doesn't have anyone to talk to, it's kind of a show of, uh, a show of... um, Re- rebelliousness against GLaDOS, I guess, in a I way. I saw it as a form of pacifism in the face of GLaDOS's goading. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Okay, cool. Great. So, Shell has potatoes. Pota- potatoes. 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 And Elizabeth is just in her bl- various blue dresses or, you know... She has a lot of different outfits mm-hmm. and different hairstyles, but I don't mm-hmm. think any of them affect her her capabilities. No. So you can just there, imagine an outfit and a hairstyle that reflect a more uh, jaded, I guess, chapter of the character's personal growth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, at her core, I think she's probably pretty, pretty standard. Yeah. So you, listener at home, in your heart of hearts, imagine which Elizabeth you truly most like, and that is the one that you can consider as the one fighting here today. That's the one that's getting punched in the face. <laughs> I, uh, I have a question for yeah. um, <coughs> Elizabeth. So throughout the Bioshock Infinite game, uh, mm. you are playing Booker, obviously, mm. and Elizabeth has not a like seemingly endless, but certainly a a supply mm. of uh, med kits and mm. money mm. and because she's like uh, reaching reaching through tears to get that stuff, right? She's right. like pulling that out of alternate. Yeah, that or I assume she like found it in a trash can along with a cake. Like that's just that's that's my baseline assumption. But my question here is can these items be used in her favor over the course of this fight? Um I'd say so. I think she can pelt gel with coins if she wants to. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. There. Yeah. If she, she, let's just say that she's very good at finding objects, either just scattered about in the airport or through her dimensional tears, wherever she manages to get them from. Yeah. So, so that's an important question I need to ask. How? So, w- when she opens up tears in reality, what is the limit on that ability? Can she? She can open up tears through time and into alternate parallel universes, correct? And space. As far as I know, yes. Because she opens she a tear into Wars. Paris in 1980. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she opens tears into Paris 1980. Um, and so future, I guess that right? that means that her that? power, that the tears aren't limited locationally. So like, if she could be in Colombia, presumably not floating right above Paris, and open a tear into Paris, it means that she can tear into areas of the world and space and time that are not uh, like rooted in where she is because I was mm-hmm. thinking about like 
the playing field and uh you know she's able to create or rip med kits and you know machine guns and oil spills and shit like out of yeah out of other dimensions um and is there is it is it that there has to be a tear there already that she can open or she can just do it anywhere willy-nilly that she wants that's a good question because she she can manipulate tears i think she can create them um as well i don't know if she i'm reading i'm reading the the official fandom wiki here um, okay. While you All weren't right. paying We're attention, guest bot, I just kind of opened up a port. Well, that's, that's fine. I don't, I don't typing, feel... Typing. It says... <laughs> kind of a violation, but okay. Uh, uh, d- may I? I, uh, I, I guess. You're, you're doing it. It's happening. Don't go uh, back. What it says here is that Elizabeth is gifted or cursed, their words, not mine, with the ability to manipulate tears contingencies within the space-time continuum that show possible scenarios which, if tampered with, can enact themselves. So it sounds like she's not making the tears, but, like, accessing these these areas where there's sort of a, a, a divergent path line, or a divergent... Okay. Which kind of makes sense, given the, the, the universe, or the, the themes of the game, too. Right? All right. So, having established that. Yeah, so that means that while Chell can just pop portals mm-hmm. willy-nilly, mm-hmm. and for the sake of this narrative, I Let's guess we have to assume that any there, are, is whole, there, are, there are spots for Elizabeth to open tears in, but it'll require just a slightly bit more time to like find them, and she doesn't necessarily get to control exactly where they go to. Yeah. And as yeah. for that's a, Alex brings up a good question about which surfaces are portable. Let's right. Okay, so we're everything's coated in moon rock. Well, so in the games, it doesn't have to be moon rocks because there's like concrete right. walls and stuff. Right. Right. So I would say anything flat and not black because that's kind of the visual indicator that a wall is not portable is if it's black. Okay. So that might not include the tarmac, but we can say that there's. A lot of concrete areas and, you know, sides of planes or, or you know, fl- flat plane walls that she can use. Okay. So, who would act first when they see each other? Do you think Chell would immediately use her portal gun? So, my theory is she'd pop a portal under Elizabeth mm-hmm. and then look for another wall to pop a hole onto to kind of like drop you know how you get rid of turrets you drop them out and then they land somewhere else yeah and elizabeth may be quick enough that she doesn't fall through for that and mm-hmm. is able to hop off the blue portal before the orange one opens um but even if shell does knock her somewhere else i'd say that she probably would be okay she would just kind of be disoriented for a second mm-hmm. yeah the so one I... go ahead I was just gonna say I, I agree. I think uh, I think Chell's making the first move. She's kind of, I guess, I mean, by the end of the game, Elizabeth's sort of sort of a changed, a changed woman. But she starts out pretty. I don't know. Yeah, well, because Chell, Chell is non-confrontational. Yeah, non-confrontational. Like, That's a Chell good is word cagey for it. and like 
trying to survive and trying to right, escape. Exactly. And Elizabeth, for most of her life, is just living in a book, like mm-hmm. in a library, mm-hmm. pleasantly. Mm-hmm. So she does gain combat ability, and we can say that she's not, you know, inadequate in a fight or anything, but I'd say that Shell is more the shoot-first-ask-questions-later kind of personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just based on the instinct to survive. Um, and the one advantage Chell has over Elizabeth, just in terms of physicality, is her long-fall boots. Yeah. yeah. Which means that Chell can drop Elizabeth off a roof and win, because Elizabeth is not is very susceptible to falling off of stuff, as we know from the original Bioshock trailer. <laughs> Bioshock Infinite trailer. Um, but Chell can fall as far as she wants, and the long-fall boots absorb or get rid of any of the kinetic potential energy shifts so she can fall any distance and be fine. Um, so, and here's a question. This is where things might get a bit metaphysical and complicated. Let's say Shell opens up a portal in Portland on the airport. Elizabeth pushes Shell through uh, one of her tears into a different time period or place can Shell then open another portal from the 80s or wherever it is she gets sent to and come back to that time? I mean, assuming the terror still exists and she can fire through it, yes. But without... well, that's assuming that... Because one end of the portal is in the 80s and the other end of the portal is in 2016. And so I'd say the portals don't have time capabilities. So if the wall that she shoots it on... I, th- I think the portals wouldn't work across a tear, even if the tear is still open. They would just be in that kind of like murky blue, where you, you like you only you've only shot one portal, so it's kind of like doesn't show anything. It's just kind of the co- the blobby color. So I'd say even if she has shot two portals, but they're not there at the same time as each other, she wouldn't be able to get back. So Elizabeth could feasibly trap Shell in the '80s or some other time period by pushing her, if she manages to get her through a tear. Okay, yeah, I, I see uh, the viability of that. It's like, it's like a shell passing through whatever that force field is that nullifies the uh, the portals at play. Similar kind of like... The, the uh, yeah, I forget what those are called. The um, Material Empa- Emancipation Grill. <laughs> that's what they're called. Um, yeah, so... That's my theory, is that that is a way Elizabeth could win, is by trapping Chell mm. into another time period. Okay. And she feasibly might still be alive and then show up 30 years later and then beat the hell out of Elizabeth <laughs> as a 30-year-old, a 30-year-older woman. Ooh, that'd be fun. So maybe the fight, the battle, the war is not over, but that's how the fight might end. But the way Chell could win is by either somehow knocking uh, Elizabeth off a roof. Mm-hmm. Or, or shooting I her just, onto the moon. Yes, exactly. I just looked it up, and the moon right now is visible in the sky above uh, the PDX airport. So Fantastic. That is an option for Chell. Elizabeth could possibly get back from the moon if there's if she could open a tear from the moon to, to like, our world. Okay. Sure, or like or, into, or, into a... Uh, a return uh, flight from... from... <laughs> Into the Apollo 13 space mission. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's all connected! She caused Apollo 13. <laughs> We've solved it. You're the reason Tom Hanks couldn't land on the moon. Because <laughs> they had an extra passenger all of a sudden. And there's a ham cat, my god. What? 
That's a reference oh, to a goodness. play that I wrote. How did you know that, Guestbot? I, I, I am connected to your computer. Uh, oh, of course. So I have, I have sort of absorbed. I did jam the end of a, of a nerd's rope right into my USB port <laughs> on this end of my MacBook. Which everyone knows gives me access to uh, everything you've ever written or composed. Stay out of my secret folders. I, I found them, Grant. And oh, God. I'll spare you the... Uh... That's where he keeps all his tax returns. <laughs> <laughs> now they'll know that I didn't claim Alex as a dependent. <laughs> My God. All this time. So, Chell gets Elizabeth up on the roof of the terminal, let's say, by dropping a portal under her. And then following her up there. All right. Elizabeth opens up a... Well, so I guess Elizabeth could just get an actual gun. Because there seem to be a lot of guns around mm. in um, the, the portals she opens for Booker. Yeah, quite a lot of guns. The question then is, um, I mean, do they want to kill each other? Because why would they want to kill each other? Yeah, so, so the, the, the conceit of this these fights are that the characters view each other as a threat and will act accordingly. Okay. So they're not going to just make friends, if, even if these characters would naturally make friends with each other. We would assume uh, Elizabeth would consider Chell an enemy and would shoot her or tranquilize her if possible, or, you know, like... Okay. What is I, she I like? Think she... Has anyone played Burial at Sea? Yeah. Yes. Does she get mean in that? Uh, she gets... The promotional art makes her seem... She's yeah, she's yeah. pretty ruthless, um, but okay, she okay. is also not the same Elizabeth. Spoiler okay. spoiler oh, alert! Oh, oh, as a, as the central Bioshock Infinite timeline Elizabeth. Um, oh, oh, oh. And you can you can play it violently or in stealth mode where you just knock everyone out. Yeah. So we, it is. We know Elizabeth to be capable of such violence based on the alternate versions of herself, but. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the fact that she drowns her father, her father. Right, there's that. <laughs> there's well, uh, I didn't want to bring it up, but it felt it felt pertinent. <laughs> as as far as I recall, uh, killing people or mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. starting to kill people and engage in violence with Booker is kind of a big deal for Elizabeth, particularly it's in the beginning. Emma. So, mm-hmm. uh, I just I just wanted to throw the question out there and simply. Yeah, I would say she wouldn't immediately start shooting at Chell, but if it became clear that Chell was trying to... Right, and maybe that incapacitate or yeah. immobilize, sure. Okay, I, all right. I, I don't, we don't know that much about Chell fighting against humans. Right. So I don't Not know if Chell would immediately send Elizabeth to the moon or like drop her off a roof or something. I would say dropping her off the roof is the more likely choice she'd try to make, because mm-hmm. she could think she could cripple her somehow without... like immediately killing her. Mm. That being said, we don't have any proof of whether or not Chell would want to kill people. I mean, she has been trapped in Aperture Science for a long time. Here's a little fun fact about Chell that I learned. Um, in Portal 2, you are there's a scene where you're going through the old uh, factory like employee areas, and there's a bring-your-daughter-to-work day area mm-hmm, mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. there's a bunch of science projects. Mm-hmm. And one of the science projects, the one with the potato that has grown so big it's, like, sent plants out to the rest of the of the factory or the, the facilities, that project is signed by Chell. So it's implied 
that Chell is the daughter of a Aperture employee. Yep. And she was then kept or trapped or Adopted separated as a or... test subject. Yeah. Oh, goodness. So it sort of is implied, therefore, that she has been in Aperture for a long time, perhaps, perhaps her entire life since childhood. Sure, and so per- maybe her her lack of socialization would work in favor of her uh, sort of initiating Capacity the attack to, yeah, on yeah. Elizabeth. Yeah. And GLaDOS would be egging her on, I'd say, if she is there. Yeah, I remember that from uh, Portal 2. That was one of the one of my favorite little Easter eggs. So are we making any progress on who seems to have an upper hand in this fight? Well, I, I feel as if... Uh, I, I use feel as... Um, as a, I, I, I don't, I don't know what it means to feel, but uh, your emotion simulators are presenting. My these. emotion simulators are presenting uh, the the inclination that um, uh, Elizabeth, I I suppose, has just more on hand access to shit with which mm. she can probably mm. wreck Shell. Mm-hmm. Um, however. Mm-hmm. I don't know that she would immediately resort to, like, a gun. I think mm. she would probably be more inclined to, like, I don't know. She she uh, She's able to summon those, like, mounted turrets in mm. the game. So, by extension, a gun, but not actually a gun that oh. she herself has to use. And if there's one thing Chell knows how to handle, it's turrets. Precisely. So, uh... In the event, in the event that Elizabeth summons a sort of like third-party weapon, uh... and and also in order to summon to open uh, tears, Elizabeth has to kind of plant her feet and like clench your muscles, and it takes a second. Right. But Shell can just kind of pew pew open up the portals immediately. So here's what I'm picturing. Okay. They get off the plane, Elizabeth rips open a, a hole and creates a turret. Mm. Chell pops around, vanishes, and I guess kind of Chell's ability in creating portals has to sort of match the most competent player playing the video game portal. Mm-hmm. So she's not so... going to be like looking around and thinking, like, <laughs> okay, I'll put one here, I'll put one there, because she has to be able to be like, flum, 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 done. So I picture mm. she drops a portal, gets out of the way, Elizabeth is like, what the hell? Walks over to this hole that has appeared in the ground to kind of peek in. Chell appears from behind her, kicks her in, and perhaps knocks her off the roof. And she gets stuck in an infinite loop. <laughs> yeah, maybe. It's entirely possible. Um, she could also, I mean, what do we think about some sort of, like, mid-air tear opening in a, in a dramatic attempt to not hit the pavement? <laughs> not hit Maybe. the tarmac? Like she falls into a, a body of water or something? Sure. Some some sort of buffer. Okay. Some sort of, uh, so that she's not, like, immediately crippled. Seems like an instinctive reaction. Sure. Based so, on what yeah, I know so of humans. She... <laughs> Alright, I think, yeah, I'd say that that is a logical assumption that she might Humans be love to have like their that. legs broken, actually, so you're just wrong. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, my understanding of self-preservation is way off. Yeah, sorry, I'm sorry to be the one to tell you this, but you're getting there. You're getting there. It's been like half an hour, so you know you've made some good progress. Well, thank you. I uh, appreciate the clarification, mm-hmm. guidance. And so, so, even if Elizabeth does manage to open a tear that she could trap Chell into, 
she would then have to push or get Shell to go into it. Right. You know, it's not like she can necessarily just open it right under her, I don't think. Because they're kind of big, dramatic events when she opens up these portals. It's not just like a, as simple and short as right an aperture portal. I think it's safe to say that if she attempted to open a tear like on or under or in very close proximity to Shell, Shell would probably have a chance to get out of the way. Because mm-hmm. it is, it is kind of a you know muscle requiring ordeal to open the tears. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. That's that's fair. So. So uh, so I think Shell so by... kicks. Shell okay. kicks Elizabeth through the hole. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth's falling from uh, so many feet, like from the bottom of an airplane or something. Let's say, and then Shell would jump after her. Elizabeth opens the portal, manages to land in a small body water, and then Shell lands right next to her. And then okay. Elizabeth is has to deal with being in water, and Shell can then, I don't know, open can a portal. Can Shell in the swim? <laughs> she pretty much drowns oh, anytime she lands in. Oh, but that that's like that's acid, acid poison yeah. gunk. It's 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 not good. It's not water. It's not fun water. Um, yeah. But it's you know, does has she learned to swim in her? I mean, time? I would say, considering she has metal boots on and is holding a big thing, probably would not be a very good swimmer, even if she knows how to swim. So, if she were to fall into the ocean also, she would not do as well. But I don't think that would end her. Necessarily. She could just pop a hole under her and then fall, out of, the, the oh, fall out of a wet a hole portal. or wherever she <laughs> Just wait a little while. <laughs> Well, I mean, do they stay on the tarmac? Do they are they in a body of water now? Like, if it's a body of water, it's a small, small, okay, old, a small like the size of one of of uh, Elizabeth's tears puddle that, or not puddle, but it could be deep, but it's like the surface area. Sure, you know, it's kind of what I'm visualizing, mm-hmm. like the the time shift stone from Skyward Sword. You know how it kind of creates a small bubble of ocean around you. I uh, I don't yet. Either of you played that? All right, good. I I just I I beat Wind Waker today, uh, in the last half hour of my consciousness. Obviously, is that what you've been using the rest of your processing power on? <laughs> While you've been talking to us, you were playing Wind Waker in the background. I uh, you know, I'm capable of many things. Damn it, yes, but we need you to come in 100. percent I'm in this with you guys. I promise. I just okay. am also in the seas, in the open oceans. Um. With, with a Wind Waker. Okay. Well, I'm starting to develop an opinion on who I think has the upper hand in this. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, proceed. I mean, I'm, I just think that Chell is faster. Harder. And more, yeah, harder. Better. And just stronger. Mm-hmm. Her work is never over. Kanye never over. Her. <laughs> he uh he wrote that song mm-hmm. and um, uh he birthed the uh helmeted men who adapted that song mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's why they're french yeah that's why they're french yep and so i think the most that elizabeth could do is sort of lead chell on a kind of on a wild goose chase through um through some dimensions so it's possible this fight doesn't end where it started sure but I think, ultimately, Elizabeth is is less able to defend herself against bullets 
and more able to be crushed or broken via just physics, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. I would agree, but also... We didn't put an agree functionality in the robot! <laughs> I... I think I think you're probably right about Shell having a better agility agility and um, springiness in general. Assuming we're not dealing with like early Portal Two fat Shell, even then, speaking as a fat robot, um, pretty capable. <laughs> there are a lot of nerds rope in there. Quite quite a few. I've I've consumed a number of them now, so my functionality may be waning. <laughs> Don't eat your own, your own but components. But it's so delicious, Grant. You made me out of something so That's good. It's okay. We got more nerds rope. I can fix you up. It's so crunchy and chewy at the same time. It's nuts. Um, I just, I think that Elizabeth has access to universes on timelines, on just so much shit at her, that at is true. the tip of her fingers. Like, not just guns. Like, she can she can open a tear and drop you know a boulder on oh I, I mean that's a, a violent option obviously but mm-hmm. she just yes it'll take her an extra second to yank open a tear to another timeline but she's she's got worlds on worlds of potential weapons mm-hmm. to be utilized lighthouses on lighthouses on lighthouses lighthouses <laughs> on lighthouses on so many, so many lighthouses. You've, you've seen how many, assuming mm-hmm. you've played the game. Yeah, there's like seven of them. It's crazy. <laughs> seven. Yeah. It's a lot of lighthouses. Yeah. It's way more than I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. In the last half hour. Yeah. There's only like two lighthouses in Wind Waker. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so there's a windmill, there's, though. There's one. There's one lighthouse in Wind Waker. That, uh, I lit that. I lit that shit. That shit is lit. <laughs> Well, so it sounds like Guestbot and I both have our own opinions. Mm. So we might need a tiebreaker vote from Alex. Shrutro. It's a good thing we finally have three people on this podcast. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. My vote goes for Chell. And that's because I was able to think of a, 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 nick, a nickname for Chell before I could think of one for Elizabeth. And that's Cello Shots. So she wins. That's... Yep. And that's what this yep. comes down to. Yep. That's a pretty dumb rationale, and yep. that is entirely what this podcast yep. is all about. Yep. I uh, my processors can't um, quite keep up with. Uh, that's why you'll never be fully human. Will I ever be able to love? Next week, but nerds ne- broke. next time I turn you on, Guestbot, I might try to overclock your processors by just pouring some Otter Pops in there or something to make it nice and chilly. What are what are these? Otter pops. Tell me, tell me more. It's like a tube full of terrible sugar water, mm-hmm. but it's the best thing ever, and it cuts your mouth up from the inside. Mm-hmm. Oh, it sounds just awful. Do I have mm-hmm. a mouth? Mm-hmm. We put some little nublet, uh, light bright nublets in the shape of a kissy mouth over Maybe there. Kissy lips, yeah. But it's not really a mouth mouth. We'll figure something out. I also would like to argue in favor of Elizabeth that, assuming she has access to like health kits. Um, mm. the, the injuries that Booker sustains are quite, <laughs> well, that's, quite that's severe. where we, that's where we get Just into the realm bullets. That's where we get into the realm of video game nonsense, where it sort of exists more as a, a game, game aspect rather than a part of the world. All right, all like, I right. feel like in this world, technically bullets 
kill you, but you have to kind of, for the sake of it being a fair video game, give you health packs. So, like, yes, she could have a health pack where she could sit down and remove a bullet and suture her arm up if she wasn't actively being, you know, Portal. pursued. Or just dropped onto the... She just like gets the shot to the moon. Of, of uh, Shell setting up two, like, portals in, in the ground and, like, sending Elizabeth on an infinite, just, like, loop. Mm -hmm. Like the, the bottom of a plane and the asphalt beneath it, and she's just, like, falling at an infinite speed. In, in that iconic falling pose mm -hmm. from many of the promotional mm -hmm. uh, ads. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just, like arms suspended upward and then the last portal shell just pops the other one onto the moon and so elizabeth just gets shot into space, shot into space. but then yeah. let's say just because we want this to be nice i guess elizabeth <laughs> opens a tear makes it to 13th century france or wherever she wants to live and goes on with her life but shell still for the sake of this episode shell is the winner and uh in in france elizabeth meets kanye west's children mm -hmm. known as daft punk Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And together they create music. Are they the, the, the first boy with song. the baguette? The first the ever song was Digital the Love. Baguette Boy? Are they what? Are they the dancing baguette boy from. who just has a little baguette and he's dancing around a pole in Bioshock Infinite? Oh, yeah. That's. that's. that's young great, Daft great, Punk. Great, Grant. I thought we were going to avoid spoilers. <laughs> I thought we agreed on this. I did not say that at all. In uh, fact, I said the opposite of that. Unbelievable. That kid is just really excited about now that Now everyone knows about Baguette Boy. Great. Baguette Boy, no. Did he even exist? Was he, was he even... Who knows? You'll just have to play the video game and figure that out for yourself. So now, with that we're coming near to an end, we have one last segment. And I actually have another segment I also want to introduce. Alex, do you think we should do that before or after our final... I think uh, our... you should slip it in now. Okay. So, I have a segment I've, I've liked to, to start doing. As you and you, Alex, know, and you, Guestbot, probably have gleaned from the mm. contents of my computer, mm. I very much enjoy trivia and word games. No, all never would have guessed that. So, I'm going to start doing a weekly trivia thing. Mm. And I even have a song that I sort of am going to improvise... I wrote the words, but I'm going to improvise the tune with this. Uh, so Scotland also sent us a ukulele for some reason, so mm -hmm. that's what I'm going to be using for this. Here's the theme song for our next segment. I'm going to give you a question that I hope you can handle. It'll be perplexing, so shove it up your brain hole. Damn. You wrote that. I did. That was... All that, that was... On par with Kanye. So this is our segment called Shove It Up Your Brain Hole, where every week I'm going to give you a bit of uh, generally some sort of pop culture trivia or word game or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then I will save the answer for next week, and I'll oh, let you know there. Okay. Intriguing. I like this. Will I exist next week? I don't know. Well, you'll exist. Who knows if we'll turn you on. Oh, I'm going to rearrange your face and see what happens. My consciousness is subject to... Wow, alright. Yeah. yeah, I might even put a different video game cartridge in your brain to see if you make a different person. Oh my god. That. Yeah. We'll explore. Yeah. Just handle that existentialism guest spot while mm -hmm. I explain the trivia. But yeah, so, focus on the question that he's about to ask. Sure. Maybe that will help you cling on to your, your consciousness. 
So what I'm going to do is I will give you a clue that hints towards two titles that share a common middle word that kind of will overlap each other. So for example, uh, like if I were doing this with foods and I said it's like fancy snails and tube yogurt in a tube, that's escargogurt. So, you know, there's kind of an overlap in the middle. That's the format. So it will be a a video game and a movie mm. that overlap in the middle. Okay. And your job okay. is to guess what that completed mm. title would do be. Do we say this out loud, or do we just say, I know no. what it is? Or We'll I save it till next week. Okay. So I'll present I, the it's question. It's going to be really hard not to, not to guess. Mm. You better not guess. I, Otherwise, I the listeners will have no reason to come back next week. So here we go. <laughs> A game in which two young Japanese girls rescue wind spirits from the undead using only squirt guns and popsicles. Mm-hmm. So, rattle ah, that around that's, in your... So that's, that's a game and a movie? A game and then a movie. I'll say it again, and then we'll move on. A game in which two young Japanese girls rescue wind spirits from the undead using only squirt guns and popsicles. What okay. the jeez? So right. tune in next week to okay. learn the answer to that one. Mm, mm. So now we are going to get down to the last segment of our podcast, the sponsor. For those who don't know, possibly you, guest spot, since we have no listeners or very few, the way we handle our sponsors is every week we just choose a company that we make fun of enough to try and get them to send us money to stop sponsor, being sponsored by them. So we're going to sponsor a company poorly in the hopes that they send us stuff so we'd never do it again. Fantastic. I what you. should our company be this week? How about this? Since your brain is made out of Echo the Dolphin, Defender of the Future for the Sega Dreamcast, maybe we do Sega? Do we want to... Sega. Dum, 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 dum. Sega. Dum-dum. Sonic was cool. But not anymore. <laughs> We're trying to we're trying to make them look bad, guess what? Sega, you uh you really tried. You really put yourselves and hedgehogs out mm. there for mm. the world mm. to experience mm. and enjoy. Mm. And ultimately, you fell short mm. in the uh, competitive world of video game console creation. I guess mm-hmm. now we can say that Sega's greatest accomplishment is being the source of a lot of really creepy and weird and poorly made fan art and fan fiction. Indeed. Yes. I uh if that's um if that's how you feel you should not you should not look inside my box. <laughs> can I can I see the box? God you can't it, you can't see the box. You can't see the box. Guessbot Stop it. <laughs> don't Guessbot no. Get out of my box. <laughs> oh, oh god. The box. <laughs> They're just friends. Her name is Cream the Rabbit. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we've done our duty to Sega and yeah. Hedgehogs. Hopefully that brings them reduced reduced uh, income, I guess. Even I, I, more we keep choosing companies that really don't need, need us to, to fail. make them <laughs> get less money. Like next week is Blockbuster. All right. I, I have a I have a sponsorship for whoever designed the the Ganon Tower uh, chapter of Wind Waker. 
was that was garbage. Garbage game design. Bad. Bad. Yeah. And dumb. Shut up, Sigura Miyamoto or whoever or Shiji and what's the the guy Fiji Anoruna thing made Zelda. The whatever the who whoever did that bad. I guess, therefore, our sponsor this week is just video games in general. Yeah. Look at what they did. <laughs> if it weren't for video games, this terrible podcast would not have existed. <laughs> Look what you did, video game. How good could you? All right, so I guess with that, um, I think our, 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 our podcast needs some sort of catchphrase or sign-off. So I was thinking about it, and I was thinking, like, we kind of want to inspire people to do this at home and have their own pop culture fights mm. with their own friends with their own action figures and so i decided that my sign off is going to be go fight yourself <laughs> or uh go go fancy yourself Ooh, <laughs> that's also a pretty good option yeah. you should do both folks <laughs> when you get home tonight make sure you both fight yourself and fancy yourself yeah it's a good balance I guess, signing off from the Cinnabon Bunker. Have a good night, everyone. I'm going to twist this button on the bop it, twist it, and turn off guest bot. You ready for that guest bot? You know, I only to die, to die, to live, to uh, turn me off. (laughs) All right. See ya. Au revoir. Hey everyone, it's me, Grant, from the future. Uh, I'm just broadcasting back in time real quick to let you all know that in this episode, the role of guest bot was played by our friend Mia Baum. And uh, just reminding you that if you want to contact the show, email us at intotheboxintotheocean at gmail.com and we'll, uh, our intern Kyle will print out all those emails and put them in a box and put them in the ocean. Uh, or you can contact us on Twitter at fightsoffancy. And uh, give us suggestions on who we should have on the show next. That's all from us here in the Cinnabon Bunker. Go fight yourself.